Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiots talk about movies. And today, we are going to dive into the kerfuffle that is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Just a reminder. You too? With this kerfuffle? (laughs) Just a reminder that there are spoilers ahead for movies and TV shows that you may not have seen yet. Just just know that you've been warned. Uh, There are a couple references that I'm probably going to make to some other films that starred Gerard Butler. But... (laughs) We'll uh, get to that a little bit later. Um, going on to. Oh, I have a special announcement to make, um, but you're going to have to wait till the end of the episode. So, wow. All right. Stay tuned. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Leave us hanging. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump into everyone's favorite segment this week in Hollywood. Holy shit. That was so loud in my ears. I heard that because it echoed in mine. <laughs> oh, my. Well, yeah, I was like, my headset was like right next to it. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Let's start this week off with some uh, awards, shall we? So Tar, starring Kate Blanchett, has officially been named Best Picture of the Year by the National Society of Film Critics. Uh, Along with Tar, the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once also takes home the Best Film Award from the Film Critics Association. Oh my god, that's a mouthful. Uh, both films have received raving reviews, not only from critics, but from regular viewers as well. So congrats to both films. You guys both deserve it. And, um... Oh, now onto a headline I wrote just for Big Lou. You're gonna really like this one. Yeah, I already saw it. So, for those of you who don't already know, one of my favorite comedians is Burt Kreischer. I also consider him my spirit animal, as far as when I'm drinking. <laughs> uh, so... Burt Kreischer's action comedy, The Machine, co-starring Mark Hamill as his estranged father, hits theaters on May 26th. Did you know, as a fun fact, because I've seen Burt Kreischer's father on his Netflix special, The Cabin. Fun facts with Lewis. Yes. Uh, on the Netflix special, The Cabin, Burt Kreischer's dad does come on at some point. Um, and I mm. believe, I don't know if he actually won anything at the Olympics, but I believe Burt Kreischer's dad was actually like a former Olympian. Like he actually went to the Olympics, um, I think for track and field, but I'm not 100% certain on that. I'd have to go back and check it out. So uh, the movie's name is based on his 2016 stand-up special of the same name and probably the most famous story and joke that he tells. Um, According to Burt, it's actually based on a true story. He actually did go on a trip to Russia and get involved with the Russian Mafia. Anyway, the film finds Kreischer, 23 years older and none the wiser, when an alcoholic Russian mobster, played by Iva Babic, Babich, I don't know how to pronounce that, I'm sorry, comes back into his life to kidnap Kreischer and make him pay for his past deeds. Another ghost from his past arrives in the form of his estranged father, played by <laughs> none other than Mark Hamill. Classic. The film is directed by Peter Atencio, known for several Jordan Peele Jason projects, including Keelan Peele, Keanu, and The Twilight Zone. What an interesting IMDb. So, yeah, that's and an Keen interesting Keanu and the Twilight Zone. What a spread. What a spread. Now on to Isaiah with sports. Right, I'm going to try to get through this without dying. Um, the latest horror movie film. Fuck. I screwed up within the first five seconds. That's great. The latest horror movie film. Yes. It's a movie film. <laughs> Isn't that what, um, what's his face said? It's a movie film. It's a really, it's a movie and a film you want to see in the movies, in the film. Like, the, Isn't it Harry Styles? That's what Harry Styles that says that. <laughs> The latest horror film featuring the robot doll Megan has hit $45 million in the global box office. Surprisingly, the film has actually started the weekend off by beating Avatar The Way of Water at the Friday box office by bringing in $11.7 million at the start of a three-day weekend period. 
the Avatar picking up 11.4 at the start of its fourth weekend. Well, Avatar has since been retained the top spot, obviously. It's, and it probably will for a while. Megan has taken a solid second place and is still in theaters now if you'd like to go watch some creepy killer dolls, which Moist Critical's uh, review just dropped today about Megan, and he's got some surprising takes on it, which I think everybody should see. Good or bad? Pretty good, actually. Like, he went in, basically, the way he kind of explained it is that if you go in one way, you're not going to like it, but it might surprise you. <clears throat> but okay. the way it's advertised is not what it is, basically. The way it's advertised is not what it is? Yeah. So, like, you're, okay. like, you know, you're expecting Chucky. You're expecting, like, AI Chucky, right? Yeah. yeah. But apparently it's basically. not about it. It's not AI Chucky until, like, the end. But it's not bad. Like, it's not terrible. I, I mean, like, I've seen, you know, the trailer for it. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know how I feel about well, it. It's... If you know Voice Critical, you know that he is a connoisseur of terrible movies. And that's what he was expecting when he saw the trailer, too. <laughs> I just watched his review on The Hobbit. It was very funny. I don't know if you saw it. It was hilarious. Well done. Oh, it's me. <laughs> so, um, Chris McKay's upcoming movie, Renfield. I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for this, but get ready. Um, it has caught the attention of many moviegoers because it features Nicolas Cage as none other than Dracula, as well as uh, the great Nicholas Holt, I think is how you say yes. it. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, and also Aquafina, which I'm not a huge fan of, but that's besides the point. Um, Renfield is a president comedy about Dracula's lackey Renfield, which is played by Holt, uh, as he falls in love with a traffic cop, Aquafina, and seeks to extricate himself from the tyranny of his blood-sucking boss, which is Nicolas Cage. Uh, the trailer's out now, and it's definitely interesting. Um, and the film will be premiering in theaters April 14th. So you guys have to watch it. It's just... I got, I got the poster before I saw the trailer, and we all looked at it. Me and, like, several bosses were looking at it. We're like, what the hell is this? This looks so stupid. Yeah. And then we saw the trailer, it, and I was no, like, okay. It looks, it, it looks exactly like what it's trying to be. It's not my cup of tea, but I know uh, Lewis has a love for Nicolas Cage. So. <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely would be uh, on the... So I always say Nicolas Cage either does great films or garbage. There is no in between. This mm -hmm. looks like What do garbage. we classify National Treasure as? Garbage. Classic. No, it's a classic. It is not garbage. <laughs> it is a classic. It is National Treasure. Thank you. It, national Treasure it is, is a National Treasure. <laughs> on, on the scale... Okay, so let me let me put it on the scale of, of Nicolas Cage films. It is garbage. Okay. But as a film itself... What are we comparing it to other than Pig? <laughs> pig. It's just Pig. Because <laughs> what's the one where he's like, not the bees? Oh, that's the Wicker what's Man. What's that one? Yeah, I the Wicker so. Man. Oh my god, that's bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's bad. That might be lower than uh, this new film. Anyways. Um, but um, I also wanted to throw in, did you say tyranny? Yeah, tyranny. It's it's tyranny. No, it's not. It's tyranny. No, it's, it's tyranny. It's, it's definitely tyranny. It can be either or. It's like caramel caramel. I don't think it's just like a data data that's, thing. I think it's that's tyranny. That's not <laughs> the way tyranny, tyranny works. Now you have me saying it, tyranny. It, we're whatever. Just, we're just ganging up on Beth as usual. <laughs> we're going to move past it. Moving on to the iconic director Ridley Scott is currently working on his sequel to Gladiator. Actor Paul Mescal mm. has now been locked down to star in the upcoming movie. You may know him from movies, uh, the movies Normal People or After Sons. 
I know neither of these. But with Paramount backing the new movie, <laughs> we could finally we could possibly see the sequel finally shooting this year. Now Isaiah with the sports again. I never saw Gladiator one. Did you guys see yes, it? Yes, I did see Gladiator. Is it good? It it's is a very excellent. good movie. Are you not entertained? Lastly, the first official sneak peek of the upcoming Gran Turismo movie is out. Now most movie promotional campaigns kick Why? off. <clears throat> we'll get to it. With teasers or trailers, but when you're Sony, you have Gran Turismo in your hands. Apparently, you're going to opt for behind-the-scenes promos first. The script is written by American Snipers Jason Hall and King Richard Zach Balin. Based on a true story, the film is the ultimate wish-fulfillment tale of a teenage Turismo player whose gaming skills won him a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional race car driver. The film will premiere August 11th, which is got to be the weirdest <laughs> plot I've ever heard. <laughs> it's based off of the game. Or off a true story, I mean. So sorry. Uh, so someone was an actual gamer, and they're like, "Oh, these skills completely apply to real life." Yeah. Yes, I play Call of Duty. I can join the military. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I played GTA. I know how to drive." <laughs> Fair. Well. Anyways, that complete. That concludes this week in Hollywood. Uh, you can find all of our sources cited in the Discord channel. <laughs> um, you asked. So you asked why Gran Turismo. I mean, I, I, it was really more just why are they making more video game related things again? But now that you explain that it's based on a true story. Well, I'll agree that I think that they need to stop with the uh, video game adaptations. However, um, I am very excited for The Last of Us. So, well, I yeah, I mean, there's, there's the release of this episode. The show will be out. We probably would have watched it by then. So stick <gasps> to the next episode. Oh, maybe yes. you'll hear a tidbit about it or not. Or this is the end of the sh the podcast because I'll be so engrossed in the show <laughs> that I'll never come out <laughs> from my hole. So there there are certain things that I would exclude from this, this uh, push to make more video game related films or shows. One of them being Witcher, The Last of Us. No, The Witcher, I really don't think should have been made into a show. It did pan out well in the first two seasons, I believe. Um, and then everything yeah. else has, has kind of just dropped severely in quality. But it didn't need to be made into a show. It was my initial opinion. Um, Last of Us, I could mm. understand making it into a show. That actually has a very good premise for making it a show. Um, but like, I remember I sent you guys in, the, in our group chat the other day where they're talking about making a God of War show. And it's just like, why? And like Borderlands. Yeah, Borderlands movie, Gran Turismo. Now, Lilith is going to be played by Kate Blanchett, I believe. Who is? From Borderlands. Kate Blanchett. Lil Lilith? No, Lilith. Okay. Here's here's the the cast member I'm worried about, and they have to very, they have to play, they have to pick very well. Is Tiny Tina? Her name is Ariana Greenblatt, which I have never seen her before. Oh, she's the she's gonna be the child in um sixty five. Uh, yeah, the, the Adam Driver movie. The other one last sidebar I meant to jump into before we uh, jump into my big lose big bruise. Um, I meant to mention Beth in the original Gladiator film, which was released in two thousand. Yeah. Uh, the year you were born. Anyway. Whoa. Uh, don't 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 just out me like that, man. <laughs> I just doxed you, bro. Anyway, so the two, I guess, main characters um, are played by Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. So it it's just an interesting dynamic to see on screen. Anyways, completely got derailed. Uh, Lewis, do you have anything? Do you have anything on the menu today for your drink? Yes, if the page would open. There we go. Okay, uh, we're going to be pulling a drink from a cocktail. Uh, <laughs> a drink from a what? I was, say, I was about to say drink from a cocktail, and then I just cut off the word cock. Um, we're going to be pulling a drink 
from a blog posted in 2018. The blog is known as oh. Really Are You Serious? Apparently, the really? author. Are you serious? Apparently, the author is named Kristen. She has been blogging since 2005. She is a sarcasm-loving, straight-shooting, jeans and t-shirt-wearing wife and mom of four girls, ages 16, 14, 10, and 9. This was at this was in 2018. Wow. So I love I love knowing this uh, bio. Of her. I, I'm reading this bio right here. Uh, she blogs about life as a mom and wife, and includes funny stories, family travel, fitness recipes, STEM, and more. Um, Anyway, a new Jurassic World coming out has to be all n- nostalgic for the Jurassic Park I watched and read growing up. I mean, who doesn't think of that Jello jiggling scene every time they see Jello? Maybe that's just me. Maybe I should have done Jello shots. I don't. I think of The Office. What? I know what she's talking about, but maybe that's just me. Maybe I should have done Jello shots. I digress. But after seeing so many of the trailers and teasers, I'm pretty excited for this movie, too. What a letdown it was then when you saw the movie, I'm sure. But. <laughs> Uh, the cocktail we're going to be talking about that she crafted is known as the Raptor cocktail. Okay. The thing that okay. I'm seeing, though, is that a lot of these cocktails have had the same theme in terms of color. Green. They're all very green. Yes, yes, yes. But this one is... Who would have fucking thought? This one looks <laughs> a little... Um, like, the, the way she made it green was different, for, for in my opinion. So, um, slightly... F- is, this, is this is anything like last episode... I'm going to leave right now. No, no, this, is actually, this actually sounds like a like a well thought out recipe, not some. Oh, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this slightly okay. fruity and refreshing drink is perfect for your Jurassic World viewing party. What's not to love about the green hint of tea on the top and a maraschino cherry? Do so, you love me some to cherry? Make this ra- this, to make this Raptor drink, you will need vodka, rum, Midori, which is where she gets the green, blue curacao, club soda, lemon iced tea, and the juice of a lemon. If you are more of a rum or vodka person, substitute one for the other. It doesn't really matter if you use both. Um, And if you don't have lemon iced tea on hand, try adding a splash of cola to the top like a Long Island iced tea. So our ingredients are going to be one ounce of vodka, half an ounce of rum, half an ounce of Midori, half an ounce of blue curacao, two ounces of club soda, two ounces of lemon Arizona iced tea, and one squeeze or one juiced lemon. So um, we're going to mix our vodka, mix the vodka, rum, Midori, and blue curacao into a shaker. You're going to shake that to combine it. Pour it into an on-the-rocks glass filled with ice. Add your club soda. Top off with your Arizona iced tea or Coke, if you're going to do it the um, Long Island way. Squeeze your lemon into your drink and enjoy. Okay. Very simple. Very simple, definitely. It sounds like an Isaiah drink. It do. It does sound like a. It do. It do, it do sound, sound like, like it. I um. Well, Lewis, why don't you go first? Since um, it's your drink. It, I like that she gave you the option to swap between vodka and rum. Mm-hmm. Um, I would find either version of that to be um, refreshing, in a sense. I I know that Midori has a unique flavor to it. And blue curacao, despite being a blue, tastes like orange. So um, I would give it a four out of five for ingenuity and uh, being crafted by a blogger mom who clearly has some kind of bartending training. No, she's just a mother of four. She's just a mother of four who blogs. She needs needs (laughs) some powerful drinks, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, Isaiah, what about you? I also give this a four out of five. I, I... It's fruity enough for me. Also, the fact you can 
<laughs> you can switch it between uh, rum or vodka is a go-to for me. You are a fan of rum. I am a fan of rum, yes. You are a rum guy. I think I would give it like a three and a half, maybe a 3.75. Oh, my God. But I know. I know. I who <laughs> doesn't like it. Uh, okay, I'll give it a three and a half then. Um, why? I don't really know. I just think it's not my favorite. Like, it's not something I would really go for. But if someone gave it to me, I would drink it. Um, it just sounds a little sweeter. And I'm also not a big rum or vodka person. I'm more of, I guess, I don't know, darker liqueurs. So, um, yeah, I guess the three and a half would be my rating for it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it averages out to a 3.75 if you're giving it that rating, Beth. So you can't escape it, Isaiah. Uh. Before we go on to Beth's. Uh, question of the day we would like to take a moment to mm-hmm. share a message from our sponsor uh and we would also like to thank the sponsor of this episode as we always do shaker and spoon shaker and spoon is a monthly subscription service that gives you bar quality recipes and ingredients designed by award-winning mixologist if you'd like to try out your very own subscription head over to shakerandspoon.com and use our promo code sips10 that's s-i-p-s one zero to get ten dollars off your first subscription again that's promo code SIPS10, S-I-P-S-1-0, to get $10 off. Good job. Thanks. Um, so today is another trivia day, boys. So um, get your thinking caps on, okay? Um, last episode, we did Jurassic Park. This time, we're not doing Jurassic World. This time, we're doing just dinosaur trivia in general. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, great. Um... We got Bing and Bong here. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Hi, Bing. Hi, Bong. <laughs> <laughs> Will you call him Bing Bong? Will you, you call him Pinhead? All right, let's start with the uh, first question. Question number one. <clears throat> Which dinosaur fossil was originally mistaken for a type of bison? Was it A, bison. Allosaurus, B, Stegosaurus, C, Buffalosaurus, <laughs> or D, Triceratops? Bing. Or am I bong? Am I bing or bong? Isaiah. He's bong. You're bong. Oh, bong, bong. Hi, bong. Uh, is it not the Buffalosaurus? Incorrect. Uh, Lewis, you have a chance to steal? Uh, bing, I'm going to say the Stegosaurus. The Stegosaurus. Also incorrect. Okay. Isaiah, do you want to take a chance to steal? Oh, God. It's an Allosaurus. Also incorrect. Oh, wow. It All was right. a triceratops, clearly. So <laughs> We're idiots. We're idiots. We should have guessed. Right, well, you guys didn't get... No one gets that point because it was an obvious answer because process of elimination. Yes. But, um, okay. So, no points are uh, given yet. Next question. When did dinosaurs become ex- extinct? Bing? Uh, oh, bong. Do you want me to give you answers? Or do you yeah, know go, go ahead and give us answers first. Oh, uh, because you, you pause and I was like, is there no answer? <laughs> well, because I thought you guys would know, but apparently you're stupid. So. Oh, wow. That um, is true. Okay. That is true. Answer. <laughs> okay. Is it A, 65 million years ago, B, 2 billion years ago, C, 7 million, or D, 285 million? Bing. Bing. <laughs> um, okay. Isaiah answered bing when he's bong. <laughs> Come on. Get your shit together. Isaiah. Uh, it's 65. 
Starring Adam, Adam Driver. Correct. Starring Adam Driver. <laughs> That's why I was like, they should know this because we just talked about it in the last episode. Okay. One point for Isaiah. Next question. What was the lifespan of the T-Rex? Was it A, 10 to 15 years, B, 50 to 60, C, 20 to 30, or D, 100 to 120? Bing. Lewis. 10 to 15 years. Incorrect. Isaiah, would you like to steal? Would it really be 30? Is it like, well, you said one of the options was 30 years. I said 50 to 60, 20 to 30, or 100 to 120. No, 20 to 30. Correct. Two points for Isaiah now. Two to zero. Next question. This could be for all the marbles here. Isaiah might just win if he gets this correct. Marbles. Question is, the meteor that many scientists believe killed the dinosaurs, right, struck in what modern-day country? A, United States, B, Mexico, C, South Africa, or D, Australia? Bing. Lewis. The United States. Oh, <laughs> incorrect. Oh, okay. I thought it was in Utah for some reason. Isaiah. Utah is where I think where they discovered. That's Area 51. That's Nevada. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> I know. Um, Isaiah, would you like to steal? I'm going to go with that is Mexico. Correct. Mexico. Isaiah won. Wow. Three to zero. Lewis, you look like a damn fool. I do look like a damn fool. Were you even a dino kid growing up? I don't even know. You don't know? Did you guys ever go through like a dinosaur I, phase? I, Isaiah, no. that was 25 years ago for me. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 25? That would have been three. Three? Okay. Wow. <laughs> no one goes through a dino phase. No, that, that, that would have been my earliest memory of being a dino boy. And also, actually, because a certain nephew of mine is a big fan of dinosaurs at his age. No, that's fair. I meant I meant more of like the, the ones that would go to like the library and get like dinosaur books. Oh, OK. So, so like being able to read age. Uh, OK. Yeah. No, I don't I don't remember dinosaurs sticking out to me that much. I do remember having like books on like monsters like the Leviathan, the werewolf that, you know, oh, he was one of those kids. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that is my question of the day. Serving it up Gary's way. Um, thank you for entertaining me. Isaiah, are you okay? Yeah, Isaiah's been sick. He's a little under the weather. I have been, ugh, I've been dying. How you feeling now? Well, better than I was two days ago. I was quite literally better. <laughs> yeah, we honestly thought you were going to be dead. I was um, already writing your obituary. What a kind friend. Does it have nice things in it? Are they supposed to be nice? <laughs> Anyways. Actually, since me and Beth were having a conversation about King Iswald, um, yes. much like the aptly titled Olympus Has Fallen, starring Gerard Butler, um, <laughs> we felt that our kingdom had fallen, being Isaiah. See, I was making the reference to, fallen kingdom, to I know. Jurassic World. Yes. Yeah. You know, know. More relevant to... Uh, more relevant no, no, to, the, no. to the episode See, yeah. because <laughs> the movie we're about to discuss is a flaming dumpster so i didn't want to refer to it really oh i am so excited to talk about this look at just i just want to show you guys my notes mm, that's a lot of notes that is a lot of notes nothing good i didn't know she could write it's funny is i don't have a i don't have a lot of notes <laughs> <laughs> the face she made. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Uh, any, uh, any who. Okay. <clears throat> Isaiah. Yeah. What you got? Let's get into some facts and hope I don't die along the way. Um, 
We're gonna or do hope. Oh, now I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not good for my 401k. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what about your Roth IRA? <laughs> that's also not good. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, yeah. so for the first fact today, the code name for this production was called Ancient Futures. Let me just just let that you know settle in your brain for a second there. Ancient Futures. Yeah, okay. It's in. It's, it's, it's fucking stupid. It's very stupid. Um, <clears throat> now, there's not... I do. I literally do not have a lot of facts. There's literally nothing about this movie that has not been said <laughs> other than, like... <laughs> there's literally nothing interesting about it's not, this film. It's kind of weird. Like, there's a few things that, like, are very specific <laughs> points that are pretty interesting, but, like, <sighs> certain things that they said about working with animatronics or stuff like that has already been said multiple times by different actors throughout. Can I ask you this one question? Is yes. there more than one animatronic in this film? There is actually, there's five. <laughs> five? Oh man, that is, that is a fucking, that's one for the books. Let me write that one down. So uh, for a second fact, the gyrosphere sequence was uh, filmed yeah. in two parts, actually. The first being filmed at the Kualoa Ranch in Hawaii which is, you know, where all the most okay. of the island was shot in. And then two months right. later, they finished the gyrosphere sequence at Pinewood Studios in London, where they constructed a makeshift roller coaster, attached a gyrosphere to it, put the actors in it, and then threw them off a cliff. <laughs> Wait, threw them? So, hold on. So, all right. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm trying to get, <laughs> trying to wrap my mind around that so, one for a second. So you said, like a roller, so it's like roller coaster. So there's no, so the, the, everything that has to do with like, like the land, or them running and the gyrosphere with them, yeah. the dinosaurs chasing alongside of them. That was all in Kualoa Ranch in Hawaii. And then two months later, okay. they finished that sequence with, you know, the part where they fly off the cliff and into the water. Mm -hmm. So in order to film yeah. that specific section, it was actually in Pinewood Studios in London, where they created a makeshift roller coaster on top of like storage containers. And then they put the actors inside of it and then they dropped the gyrosphere on the roller on the roller coaster, which basically the actor said it was basically just the drop of a roller coaster. There's no buildup; it's just the drop. So it's like a mega drop. Yes, because they wanted to get the authentic okay. like dropping, and apparently they've they were they did it a few times, so they felt like they're zero g. But you know, <laughs> that's fun. Okay, that's kind of interesting. I just think yeah, it's interesting that they had to what do you call it? That two months uh, between the uh, two months break in between and two different like sides of the planet. That they still somehow managed to make one sequence look together, which, you know, that's movie magic. Yeah. <clears throat> now, five animatronic dinosaurs were created. The Cage T Rex specifically took eight puppeteers, with one person controlling the entire body. Oh wow! Two for the main neck, one for its eyes, one for the head, and one for its nostrils specifically to control its breathing, and another for the okay. jaw. Okay, imagine being the nostril guy. Like, hey, hey, we need more breathing. You need to flare. Um, <clears throat> now, this was where this is where it gets. We're going to go to some uh, interviews, which is absolutely hilarious. Because we got a special against from Tom Holland, of all people. Oh, God. Does he spoil the movie? He does. <laughs> does he really? He does. Okay. So during a uh, He's like, guys, the dinosaurs aren't real. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So uh, during a recent visit to Entertainment Weekly Radio with uh, co-star Bryce Dallas Howard, Chris Pat revealed that no, it was none other than his Spider-Man Homecoming star Tom Holland who spoiled the entire plot to the very movie that he was in. <laughs> so this is before Chris Pratt had like heard any scripts, had actually gotten anything noted about Fallen Kingdom. He was just like hired on mm -hmm. to do the thing. But the young actor spilled the beans while he was on set working the same uh, 
working on the same lots when they were shooting their uh, Marvel projects. And as how to Tom Holland became privy to all the top secret details based on the movie that Chris Pratt is in. Tom, of course, knows uh, the director, Jay Boyena. I, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. Because of the, of the film The Impossible in 2012 that they had uh, done together. Um, so, <laughs> Boyena just kind of gave Holland all the detailed accounts of all the stuff that he was going to do for the movie. To which he then shared to Pratt. And then when Pratt finally got a hold of the script, he was like, holy crap, it's all here. He, was, he wasn't lying. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so in character, though. Yeah, Tom Holland completely spoiled Fallen Kingdom for Chris Pratt before he even was, even though he was the one hired to be on this on the movie. <laughs> and for our final fact, in an interview with, in, with Vulture, Jeff Goldblum said that he does not mind when he gets asked to do roles that essentially play himself on the big screen. People write, <laughs> as he quotes, "It's like any Jeff Goldblum uh, movie." The people write Jeff Goldblumy parts, and they want me to do them, and that's fine. He said, I think I can even do a better version of it. So no, this little Jeff Goldblum row that I've been hoeing is still adventurous. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is the second person to say they're hoeing. Who was the first person that said they were hoeing? Michael Myers. (laughs) That was one of our episode names, I think, because of it. Oh, it was was John Carpenter. John Carpenter hoed out, and so is Jeff Goldblum, apparently. That's it. Oh, man. Well, um... That was not a lot of facts. No, it was, was not that because was, there was not much going on in this movie. <laughs> uh, there was a lot going on. It just wasn't anything important. Yeah. That's the uh, True. That's the catch there. So who wants to go first? Because this is going to be a fun one <laughs> for all of us, I think. I'll go. Um, I'm going to stand by this statement and that and saying that this was the best Jurassic Park film ever. He couldn't even finish the I can't sentence. Even say that with his, I was trying to refer back to when I kept defending that Phantom Menace was the best Star Wars film ever made. No, uh, Solo yes, yes, yes. is the best Star Wars film uh, ever made. Where do I start? The movie. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out where to start exactly. You know, um, I think the director was thinking the same fucking thing. Yeah, honestly. Um, the pacing was atrocious. Oh, yeah. To me. I have that. I had I have that was another that was a, one of the things that bothered me as well. Yeah, no, the, the pacing goes from years after what happened in Jurassic World to fucking the volcanoes exploding and they're running from lava and, and other dinosaurs to now it's slowed down again because they're trying to get onto a boat or they're on yep. a boat and they're transferring blood between two dinosaurs to back up again to back down. It, the pacing was absolute garbage throughout this entire film. It's awful. Um, which also ties into the plot of this film being awful because... Most of it just wasn't cohesive. Um, one of the things that stands out the most as just having no fucking reason to be there was the mention of Lockwood's granddaughter being a clone of his daughter. What? I don't even think that was like plot driven. I think that was just tossed in you there. Guys, you know, you guys haven't seen the next movie, right? No, no. I have a feeling it plays a, a role. Am I correct? Something like that. OK. Something like that. Okay. So another thing related to to this like lack of cohesiveness to the actual plot, the Mosasaur escaping in the beginning, only to be featured in like one of the last scenes randomly about to eat a fucking surfer. Um, <laughs> zero sense to me. Like if if you had tied it in where it's like when they're trying to get the boat, you know, like they're trying to get the ship over to wherever they're going initially, and the Mosasaur attacks the ship, maybe that makes sense to me. Maybe you have the scene where they the most sore gets released. 
towards the end of the film. No. It's just so it could be tied into Ian Malcolm randomly saying, welcome to Jurassic World, because dinosaurs have been released. Not even like <laughs> Is that your impression? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that oh, was my, geez, yeah. my uh, impression of Jeff Golden, Ian Malcolm saying, welcome to Jurassic World, because a few dinosaurs got out into the wild when none of them can reproduce. Um, at least but in life, theory. Uh, finds a way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the feature of having Ian Malcolm, I feel like, was an attempt at a cash grab. I don't feel like it did much because mm-hmm. I don't really see it He's doing. Only there like you just said, to bring viewers in. It's like, oh, he's in it. It's going to be good if the original member is in it. Yeah. But then we know how that turns out for the next film. So exactly. So um, there's that. There is the lack of creativity with the name for the Indoraptor. Um, you could have named it anything else besides referring back immediately back to the Indominus Rex. Mm-hmm. I want to know what Indo, because obviously Indominus, Indo is in there. So I thought I meant without, what is, without like creator or something. It's got to, there's got to be, yeah, there's a root. It means something. Look it up, facts guy. Oh, it just means, in, well, the Latin root is uh, internal. Yes. That's stupid. That's not even. Um, and if you look it up in etymology in general, it's referring it's of or pertaining to India. So definitely not related. Okay, so they're just not creative. I think Indominus was supposed to mean like without, it's like without owner, without master. Sure. Without, uh, okay. so, so I mean, I guess that would refer to like, you know, it being at the top of the food chain without, without master, essentially. Like nothing can kill this. Mm. Um, nothing hunts this. This hunts everything else. So the Indoraptor, again, was supposed to be the ultimate killing machine. There's so many holes throughout the entire film of like just filled in with like, oh, yeah, here's some action. There's no actual story. Mm-hmm. Here's just some action. Uh, or the I don't I didn't see the need to to show, you know, what's his fucking name? Chris Pratt and the. Yeah. What's Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. There's no reason to have them suddenly have like a they broke up, but now they're getting back together and now they're going to take care of it. They were on a break. <laughs> OK, it's fucking Ross and and I almost said Ross and Chandler. Basically, Ross and Rachel. Yeah, Ross and Rachel. Um, but there was there's it didn't really fit the story. It would have made more sense that like, you know, she, maybe he's off doing something and she needs to call him back. Right. But instead, it's like, no, they broke up and they want to make it like a comedy, a comedy moment where it's like Chris Pratt thinks he left her. But she's all like, mm-hmm. I left you. You, I told you to leave. So missing yeah, a lot know. of tone is just, just very lacking in tone, in plot, cohesiveness in in actual substance to some of the choices they made. It's literally just a moving picture. It's not even a movie. Or a film because there's nothing else other than the fact that <laughs> it has moving pictures that makes it anything that's even worth like rating well you know as far as you know like actual action scenes um i think the one thing that did seem fitting 
was the Indo Raptor taking the dude's arm when it tried to take his tooth. Yeah, that was good. That was that was well that done. Felt, that felt like you said fitting. That felt yeah. That felt that that was the one sign of cohesiveness behind. Where I was like, oh, there characters. was actually some thought behind this scene. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, the rest of it was just atrocious. Um, and as much <laughs> as I did enjoy watching that scene or watching Mills get like bit in half by the T-Rex and the other unnamed dinosaur, the scene where you see the guy who's like a knockoff Donald Trump about to get eaten by the Indoraptor. Yeah. Um, You're not wrong. Yeah. That's why I'm laughing. No, I know. Oh. He's, he's, he's definitely like a discount Walmart Donald Trump. Um, mm. But other than that, beyond the the sparse moments of action and seemingly fitting scenes the rest of the film does not hold itself up on its own fucking legs and it gets a it's hard to even give it a rating Damn, um, that's bad <laughs> wow yeah i'll give it a zero to zero point okay i was like whoa you've given it a half star wow i've given it a half half star out of out of five stars yeah that is is that your lowest rating no, I think I, so. I think I gave something a zero. It once. was it was that one film the that you had to watch for a listener's episode. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. Yeah, that was funny. That was a good one. It's on Hulu right now. I think I'm going to um, watch it just for kicks. <laughs> yeah. Now, I would like to just want to put a special note in for this. This movie came out in June of 2018. I was working in June of 2018. And everybody was very excited after Jurassic World to watch this movie. So we had a midnight screening for all the employees. Aww. I got out of that movie at 3 o'clock in the morning and I was walking and this was before I had a car. So I was waiting to get picked up. And since it's 3 o'clock in the morning downtown area, there's not there's no cars. So I'm just walking through the middle of the street thinking about the absolute terrible thing I just saw. Contemplating. Contemplating. And I verbally yelled in the middle of the street, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm sure I woke someone up. I'm sorry if I did. That's so One of good. our listeners is going to be, you woke me up four years, five years ago. That was you? <laughs> we'll go, I'll go through the movie as I explain it. But I would like you to just like, my opinion has not changed. So my initial thoughts from, from when the movie officially came out is exactly mm-hmm. the same as it is from, from a few days ago when I watched it again. Okay. So just want to put that out there. Now, <clears throat> CGI. Sometimes it looks bad. Sometimes it looks good. It, the, I think specifically mm-hmm. the CGI that looks bad is when they show shots of the mansion where it just looks. Oh, my God. It looks so bad. Like it looks it looks out of place because like you'll have like these flat gravel areas surrounded by trees uh-huh. and they're so contrast to each other that you can tell that it's just digitally inter- entered in there. And it's just comped in. Yeah, it yeah. looks so bad. Now, I don't know why the first half of this movie, anytime there's anything, a car driving on a road, trees. The soundtrack acts as if we're seeing the most magical thing on planet Earth. It is so overly swelled. And it's like, nah! and it's like, I'm just looking at, bro, we're transitioning from like North Dakota to like the, the harbor. Calm down. <laughs> it was like, you know, exactly a scene that made me think of the same thing was when they're on the roof and like the glass roof. And it's like fucking like duel of the fates is playing basically and it's just chris pratt looking at the dinosaurs like why is there like a fucking 
Gregorian chant going I'm not on. I'm talking right about now. that. Like that would <laughs> that part makes a little more sense. I'm talking about in the beginning of the movie when they're just doing transition shots from like establishing places. They're doing like a simple establishing yeah, yeah. shot, and it's acting as if it is the climax of the movie because it's got like a full on orchestra going. Claire showing up to find Owen is is what I thought of. Claire finding just uh, showing up to find Owen. Like just nailing on the house, but like the transition of her driving through the woods was basically as if, you know, it was the end of the movie. He's like, oh my god, I found my long lost love. I thought you died 15 years ago. Kind of like level of music, mm-hmm. and I was like, what is the why? Yeah, I, I I totally agree that it was, it was at times, overly distracting and overly unnecessary. Justice Smith, his character, don't like him. It's super annoying. Was. Oh my god. Is that the villain? No. Justice or antagonist? No, the, the hacker. Justice Smith, the hacker. Oh <laughs> Franklin? Franklin. Yeah, I don't even Bro, don't even know his name. Is that who you're talking about? Yes, I, I don't even know his name. The like a little nerdy guy who was like a little bitch. Yes. He made me think of you. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean it. I don't mean it like because of that part. I mean he just looked he looks like you. Like you could be cousins. Isaiah's Isaiah's so offended right now. <laughs> I can hear it. I think he's good for a very specific role, and there's not enough roles for him to be able to do that stuff with. Right. <laughs> and uh, what do you call it? He play he plays the character well because that's what he's supposed to do. I just don't like the character because the character's just annoying. Oh yeah, no, I agree. He's there also for like comedic <laughs> relief when it's not necessary. Like the fucking yeah, the like really high pitched screeches. It's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> no one thinks this is funny. Someone tell me why his photo on Wikipedia looks like it was shot on like a fucking razor phone. Yeah, what the f- <laughs> What is this photo? Now, when Lockhart tells uh, Discount Trump here to call the police, <laughs> I don't know why he expected him to actually do that. That's kind of stupid. That made no sense. Like, you're going to call the police and tell them what you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're talking about Mil- I was talking about the the auction guy being discount Trump. Oh no, I was thinking of I was thinking of uh, Mills. 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 Mills would be discount um, Eric or not Eric. Elon Musk. No, Elon no. Musk. Um, the Trump's son. What's his fucking name? The one who who like gave the Republican national speech. I don't or whatever. Know. Donald Trump Jr. Was that Donald Trump Jr.? Anyway, now my main good thing. Now I understand that the reason they went to the island was to get blue because blue has you know very specific. DNA stuff that to get right. However, why if they can create new dinosaurs, which they've proven they can make create new dinosaurs because they made the Endoraptor, and they technically that means they could technically just make the regular dinosaurs again. Why would they go and try to rescue as many dinosaurs as possible if technically all they really need is blue? Like that's it. I'm sure they could you know oh I got to put up a facade so that these people would know, but they actually went and actually saved a bunch of dinosaurs. They didn't need to do that. I guess because like more money. In, the, in a sense? I guess, but like, like... they're just like, we'll just take them all because then we can just sell them all? I guess. doesn't really... It, just, it isn't like, why would you risk... So why would you spend so much money and risk so much stuff to make $7 million? Which, oh, by the way, the money was yeah. so small. I was like, wow, $7 million, That's it? For a dinosaur? That's like a house. I, I think... Well, by a house, I mean like a mansion. But a dinosaur, I feel like, would be at least 50 mil minimum i think they had hit like 120 at one point they hit in the 120 million dollars after selling like six dinosaurs this <laughs> yeah and then when the indoraptor came Rookie out they numbers. started at like 25 
It just made no sense. I don't know. The, the, the money didn't make any sense. Anyway, um, when the cage is on the floor, now, when, you know they're doing the little auction, right? When the cage goes through the floor, the guy can't see half the bidders, so I don't know how he was seeing half the people who were bidding <laughs> because the cage blocks his view of the other half of the freaking auditorium. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just that left side just doesn't get anything. Also, and now the main reason why I was contemplating this movie after I left and yelled in the middle of the of downtown was because of Maisie, the clone. And because she decided to release... I saw your, I saw your review <laughs> she to, on Letterboxd. Yeah, my, you know what? There's no one... I can't put it a better way. That, that's the... What I wrote there is the best way I can ever state it child releases dinosaur because she's part dinosaur i shit you not that is literally what i wrote uh in 2018 <laughs> nothing has changed that is why this movie is absolute garbage i gave it one out of five my my thoughts are done wow he gave a higher rating than you lewis that's incredible I, I wasn't sure how appropriate it was to even go up to a one so i i, I, <laughs> I don't even know if it deserved a one yeah yeah that's fair we do have to mention the what is a stegos? Is it stegosaurus? I think that dies on the I island. I am a stegosaurus. Oh my god! Oh, the Don't, I'm still mourning over that. That's still. Dinosaur. That's also why it doesn't get a, a get a half star because of that one scene. That fucking scene is yeah. That's literally the only reason why. That's like one of the only pros I, I in this film. To, I will have to change my rating to a one because that is a very moving scene. It is very good. Very well done. If only the whole film film was like that, you would think. At this point, they could get CGI down for dinosaurs. I said this in the last episode, and I still fucking stand by it because it's been what? It's been a three year gap since the first Jurassic World. And that looked like shit. And then this one, like specifically the scene with the baby um, raptors, like when there's it's like the um, old footage of like Chris Pratt raising blue and stuff. It looks so bad. Their shadows look like they're not even physically there. They look like they're literally layered on top of the original footage. They're not like baked in at all. It looks awful. It looks awful. It was it. And I get that. Like, I don't know. I don't get it, I guess. <laughs> That's a real thing. Then uh, the volcano, right? We talked, we touched on the volcano. I really feel like that was never, it was never like, established or talked about they were just there and then all of a sudden there was a volcano no one was like hey there's a fucking volcano erupting as we speak maybe we shouldn't do this you know what i mean the apparently the volcano was mentioned in the first book when they were on isla nubar but yeah and the movie wise i've never noticed them ever talk about it yeah it was like also you're building a park on an alka volcano that that is literally in all, what I have written down in all caps was who what genius decided that putting a theme park on an active volcano was a good idea. They're like, hey, this will be good for maybe five or ten years. And, and then whoever's there that day might just fucking die. So to throw in two things here and in, in regards to the volcano, I I I may be mistaken. I do remember them saying in the beginning of this film, at least, there was originally a dormant but now active volcano. Very convenient. I know. Yes, very convenient. Very convenient. Um, the second thing I would have thrown in, not that 
everyone can make this assumption. It's it's more of a, a geographical thing to know that an island like that exists so far away from civilization on a, on a normal sense. Um, geographically, you would imagine that there is a volcano there, but that's not a, a sort of common sense kind of thing, right? Um, that's just like understanding... That's understanding and remembering the geography that makes up the Central Americas and the island territories such as Hawaii, the Maldives, and uh, Fiji, and, and various others. Um, but that would have been something that they definitely should have tied in throughout the other films. They could have mentioned, like, oh, there is a – it is dormant, but there is a volcano, kind of the way that was yeah. – uh, you know, the mo one of the most famous eruptions was Mount St. Helens, being that it was dormant – for a very long time and all of a sudden you kind of just yeah i i would agree that it i would be a little more okay with it if they had somehow even if it was just the last film brought it up but if they had brought it up in like jurassic park trilogy that would have been a, a nice tie-in but they just kind of threw it in for the sake of plot and that's enough for me um another issue i had was Pretty much what Lewis said with the pacing of the entire film is just all over the all over the page. It's up, it's down, it's left, it's right. It's everywhere but where it should be. And like there's no build up or payoff to the action sequences. They're just there purely for like eye candy. Just be like, wow, look at that explosion. Wow, look at that explosion. Like there's no, um, I guess, sense of like thrill or like, what's the word I'm looking for? Fun? Yeah, there's no like, oh my God, what's going to happen next kind of feeling behind them because it's just so... It's it's what I think... Thrown out. It's just vomit. I think it's what, um oh my God, what, the, what Rise of Skywalker had where like there was the setups and the payoffs were happening so ba fast back to back that like it would be, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah. We have to do that. You didn't oh, have time to <laughs> let it settle. Yeah, there was no, there was yeah. no taking um, it in. It was just set up, pay off, set up, pay off, set up, pay off. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think that's the reason why the whole entire movie, I was just going, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> like the whole, the whole fucking movie. I was just like, hold on. I'm still trying to process what just happened in the previous scene, but now I'm immediately thrown into something new. Um, I did like the dinosaur on the island scene where it's you know getting swallowed up by all the smoke i thought that was well done i think that they should have relied more on symbolic scenes like that i do think that the volcano as much as i've been ragging on it i think it symbolized you know how dinosaurs did end up dying in the past with the meteor striking and stuff with all the rock like just to see that in the film, it was kind of like a neat little nod to that historical event. Um, at least that's how I interpreted it. If that's not what they intended, then bitch, here you go. I just fucking gave it to you. Um, <laughs> there was um, someone's definitely be like, yeah, yeah, totally intended that. Yeah, um, don't take that to, credit. <laughs> to jump on the symbolism thing. The one thing I think they tried to do like a symbolic scene, but they failed in a sense, mm. was Lockwood's death. Because you just see Mills pick up the pillow, go off screen, and then all of a sudden, the cane with the amber is on the floor, breaking. 
And it's like, yeah. okay, I understand that it is, it is dramatic and it is symbolic of the death of Lockwood and maybe even a nod to Hammond no longer being around. But you could have done that very differently. You know, you could have shown a struggle ensuing. You could have shown something that would make sense of the cane just falling over like that. more emotional, perhaps. Yeah. Right. That, that was very detached. Um, can we talk about how terrible of a, of a father figure Mills is? I don't know if he is the actual father or whatever, but he's... He's almost... Un, he's almost car- comically vi- villainous. Like, it feels like a Disney movie where he's like, I'm going to lock this child away and I'm going to do literally everything terrible that like no human being, unless they're like a psychopath, would do, you know? And he doesn't seem like that because the, like, the way they're trying to portray him is just this greedy businessman. And the fact that he does all, it's just his character overall is just so unrealistic and so exaggerated i think is the best way to put him um and then also the dino daughter not a fan um i don't understand what the point of that was or why she was in why that was included i understand isaiah said it's touched on in the next movie I could see it as a nod to the original trilogy you know because lockwood finally explains what drove him and hammond apart but the way it was introduced, zero. I also don't know if you guys noticed the Easter egg of when Maisie's in the elevator thing. The dumbwaiter. The, the dumbwaiter, thank you. The nod from that to the first film where, forget the little girl's name, is trying to close the like kitchen thing. I, I saw, I noticed that and I was like, oh, that's clever like that was well done where it wasn't exactly the same scene where she's also in a kitchen and she's trying to do it but it's similar enough to where it's like oh i see what you did there Um, clever girl clever girl but yeah long story short i think the biggest lesson learned from this film is just don't trust a man in a suit uh i give it a one out of five and um i never want to watch it again yeah oh also one other thing i think the along to to add to the action sequences i just felt like the dialogue in it felt off i don't know what it was the facial expressions even everything just felt it like it fell into this like uncanny valley and i don't know why or what the factor was that made it me feel that way but i don't know do you guys feel like that like like it was like uh I feel like that with everything Bryce Dallas Howard acts in. I mean, I've only ever seen. I'm talking about Chris Pratt, actually, more specifically. All the action scenes, he felt weird. Like he didn't talk at all in any of the action scenes. Right. Or, um, oh, that was that was something I forgot to mention, too, was like the the. Where he got paralyzed, like he got tranquilized, and then all of a sudden, oh God, don't even talk (sighs) to me about that scene. I hated that scene. Not not, that's not how sedatives work. Sedatives. Uh, tranquilizer, whatever. Sedatives. This is what he was trying to correct you Sedatives. on. Sedatives. Shut up. That's what he was trying to correct God. you on. I just had to throw it in there for you. Oh, one arm works, but the other one's not working. Let me just grab it. And it's like, it's so comedic. Yeah, so that was a shitty movie. Literally cannot talk about this movie anymore because it just grinds my gears. It really grinds my gears, you know. It like tickles my pickle. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's not the right phrase, but... 
What is oh. it? Tickles my peach? No, no I meant. No, I'm just saying <laughs> tickle my pickle just doesn't Grinds fit my here. Ears. It really. What's another Fluff one? Fluffs my feathers. Fluffs my fluffs my feathers. Causes a really? kerfuffle. <laughs> no, did Jacob tell you to say this? Because I'm gonna, I'll go hit him if he this did. This entire episode was a kerfuffle, and this entire movie was a kerfuffle. Thank you, Isaiah. Well, thanks for listening to today's shit show. Hopefully, the audio sounds okay. We're trying a different platform here. Um, remember to follow us on social media at Selfish Green Sips, and please share us with your friends, families, um, grandmas, aunts, uncles, grandpas, tias. What's the other one? Tios. Everyone. She tried. <laughs> Make sure. She tried. Thank you. Hey, I got tias right. Um, make sure to tell them you can find us on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon and Audible and Google Podcasts as well. Um, and you can also send us your movie suggestions by emailing us at silverscreensips at gmail.com. Our next listeners episode is January 30th. So be sure to send in your submissions before then so that we can pick our films and review them. Um, also, now that you have lasted this long thank you here is our big announcement uh next week we will be having a guest on our show uh he is a producer and um a director for multiple films and also short films and we're really excited to have him on the show so stay tuned for next week um that'll be our season finale too we'll be diving into jurassic world dominion unfortunately i have been waiting for this moment for so long. I love shitty movies, so I'm excited. Anyways, see you guys. Bye.